Hello, welcome back to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies they love, but nobody else does. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. John. Tony. Each of us has a specific movie genre. Mine is horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. And drama and romance. I have action adventure. <laughs> this is you not paying attention. Normally we take turns selecting movies from our genres, but this month is Elaine's birthday month. It's my birthday. Starting it out is Carly. That's what I was trying to find, but never mind. You probably could still find it. No, I did it. I was going to play it because I didn't think about it now. It's my birthday. She's doing her Muppet voice for the Muppet movie. We're kicking off Elaine's birthday movie or birthday month with 1986's Labyrinth. Stop eating my goldfish. No. All right. Well, Labyrinth, you say? Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Stop, 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 Wow. Okay. Come here, child. So there's... You're not feeding my goldfish to the dog? No, he's not going to leave me alone. He's going to be drooling on my leg the whole time. Okay. So there's three writers credited on this movie. Jim Henson. I read in the trivia that Terry Jones wrote the original script. And he is one of the creators and actors of Monty Python. Mm-hmm. Then it was passed around to a few people. Uh, Dennis Lee being one of them, he did a lot of Fraggle Rock. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jim Henson, also credited as a writer and director, he gave it back to Terry Jones to try to take add the jokes back in because all the other writers had taken stuff out. And he was like, I liked it better to begin with. And they tried to take a little bit of what other people added and, and take... A lot of it back to the beginning where it was funnier so Jim Henson very famous for the Muppets Sesame Street you know. mm-hmm. and the Muppet Babies it's, it's Jim Henson <laughs> this is the last thing he directed oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. I bet he was like oh well shit I should have went out on a high note what and George Lucas was a producer and he didn't do interviews for this movie because he didn't want to take the uh Attention. Spotlight from Jim Henson because it was just Jim Henson's movie. So he's like, "Don't talk to me. Talk to him. It's his movie." <laughs> this is back when Star Wars was a thing. It was back friends. when George Lucas was a thing. The year just come out. Eighty six. This is right around Willow. So he, he's working on Willow Empire. Mm-hmm. It, so this is George Lucas's opus was Willow, the best thing he ever did. Mm-hmm. Well, this is starring David Bowie. Yeah. Never yes. heard of him. What's he do? David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> He's Ziggy, have you heard of Ziggy Stardust? Oh, old Ziggy Zig. Yeah. Welcome back to the podcast from Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Ready for that uh, fire with gasoline? That's what you do. Jennifer no, you Connelly. don't. Don't do that. Bad advice. Welcome back to the podcast from Nine and Winter's Tale. Warwick Davis, welcome back to the podcast from Willow. He's one of the goblins. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then there's a guy who was... In Blade Two, playing Assad, his name is Janie John Jules. Mm-hmm. He was in there too. It's basically every person who worked on Sesame Street, Fraggle Rock, and the Muppets mm-hmm. was in some way part of this movie. Like pretty much every actor that's credited, there's like four actors for every puppet. And <laughs> yeah, okay. and if you look at their IMDb's, they did the Dinosaurs TV show. Good movie, not the Mama. Fraggle Rock. They did <laughs> the guy who voices Elmo. Is in this <laughs> uh, big bird, you know, all of them. They're, they're uh, big puppet people. Tight- and they did all the puppet stuff. 
The guy that plays the dad was in Highlander. There can be only one. <laughs> Is he the Frenchman that gets his head cut off? I don't know. I don't Maybe. Know either. All right. So, this movie had a 75% tomato meter, an 86% audience score, a 7.3 on IMDb, and a 50% Metacritic. I love that Metacritic. The guy that plays Toggle, the voice, was it, played Jack Pumpkinhead in Return to Oz. Which is a movie I may pick one day. No, no, no. It's a a budget hey, she's talking here. Of twenty five million and worldwide gross of thirteen point nine. Wow. <laughs> so I didn't even need the fifty Metacritic nope. to do this movie. It nope. was a flop. Yep. <laughs> a colossal flop. Because out of that thirteen to so fourteen million, they only got what, like seven? This is a cult classic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, cult classic does not make money. Mm-hmm. Not always. No. So Plus, it did really good in VHS rentals. You got a person in uh, May of 2004, Advento, said oh. one of the worst films ever. Whoa, mm-hmm. hot take. Labyrinth is one of those rare movies that manages to get everything wrong. The writing is horrid. The environments, which should, given that this is a fantasy film, be colorful and interesting, are filled with boring brown colors. The music is in this quasi-musical is so bad that it's nearly comical. Even David Bowie fans will cringe in disgust during some of his numbers. Furthermore, the story makes little sense. I suspect even toddlers would be able to find plot holes. Finally, the acting stands out as the worst aspect of the film. Mm, wow. So, uh... Yeah, I thought thoughts. I was going to say something about David Bowie's crotch, but it doesn't. Why are you looking at his crotch? <laughs> because most people talk about David Bowie's crotch. At least another You can see his penis things. the whole time. <laughs> You can see his penis the whole time because he's in those tights, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, apparently this was... Mm-hmm. One of the things about this movie is that it was supposed to be really beloved by teenage girls because looking at David Bowie's crotch was very erotic, which... <laughs> okay. You got the old Sazicha whatever. That's one of those things that they say is that teenage girls love Labyrinth because of David Bowie. He's creepy the whole time. He's <laughs> the Goblin King. He's supposed to be. Yeah, but he's also supposed to be, like, sexy, but he's not. On the other hand, Team Strode said 10 out of 10. They don't make them like this anymore. No, they don't. Let's face it. The 80s gave us the best of everything. Best <laughs> music, best movies, best acting, etc. You know who the dad plays in Highlander? The Punisher guy character. The one that wants to shoot everybody. That's him. Okay. He also okay. plays somebody in Star Wars. He's one of the pirates. Nowadays, we get leftovers that have been churned out a thousand times in remakes that make me nauseous. Labyrinth is a breath of fresh air from all that. Labyrinth is everything... Ooh, has everything that movies today only wish they could possess. Great acting, great cast all around, fun original storyline, and it's fun for the whole family. It's a classic, a gem that will always have a special place in my heart. If you haven't seen this beautiful masterpiece yet... Please do. <laughs> I feel like they could remake this and there would be a lot here that they could do. Sometimes they remake, remake movies and you're like, there was no reason to make, remake this. This was fine the way it was. Just watch that one. But I think there's a lot here that they could do to make to, to think, change it and make it I think so too, but I think too many people would be hung up on Bowie not being in Yeah, since he passed. Dead, so mm-hmm. they'd freak out about that. All right, well, what do you think going in, Elaine? I think... I barely remember this movie. I think I saw it once in 1992. <laughs> I mean, I know about it. It's kind of a cultural thing, but 
I barely remember this movie. I wonder if I like it. All right. What did you think, Joe? I thought, well, my neighbors used to watch this movie, and I remember hating it. (laughs) (laughs) So I hope that it improves. Mm -hmm. That's so funny. Do you think... Wait, Carly. Do you think John liked this movie or not? I don't have any idea. Okay. But it was funny when I when I asked you if you liked this movie, when I went to pick it, because I didn't want to pick something you hated. I'm, I'm and no John said, who hates Bowie? And I said, with my luck, you. <laughs> well, he doesn't hate Bowie. I like David Bowie. Tony? I uh, liked this movie a lot when I was younger, so we'll see what it held up. Do you think John liked this movie? Do you have no. a guess? I doubt it. There's not anything really for him to get into, so. It's one step from animated. <laughs> I asked him, do you like the Dark Crystal? And he goes, no. I hate the Dark Crystal. You hate the Dark Crystal? I do. Why? I watched it a lot when I was little, and then I rebought it. I bought it maybe 12 years ago, because mm-hmm. I was like, man, I want to see that again. And I watched it, and I was like, wow, this is dumb and boring. <laughs> wow. The puppeteering is great, I guess, if that matters to you, but the story is terrible. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, this movie apparently started off as an idea to like a sequel to The Dark Crystal. Mm-hmm. And then it. Which they have. Took on yeah. a life that's of its own. <laughs> but it opens with Sarah in the park with her dog Merlin. She's all into the story about the Goblin King. And she uh, wants to make it to the castle beyond Goblin City to get the child back while she's rehearsing a play that seems to be of her own making. (laughs) Seems like she's acting out a book. As if maybe she was like... Like, I guess it would be the same as if you bought, like, Romeo and Juliet and you weren't in Romeo and Juliet, but you liked to act it out. Seems very similar. But it's weird because I think... The person who was talking about the writing in this. We don't get enough backstory about this Goblin King. Like, there's so much that they take for granted that you understand. Mm -hmm. And I've seen things about Labyrinth where they talk about, like, how all these goblins were from different kids that he stole and they didn't make it through the Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. And, like, it was because of the first Sarah that he fell in love with and all this stuff. But, like, none of that is in the movie, so where did you get all this information (laughs) Well, like I did when I was reading the trivia, they talked about there is a novelization yeah. that does give a lot more backstory apparently. And then there's also a book kinda like the Terminator Two book I bought mm-hmm. for Tony that has a bunch of pictures on set and explains the individual goblins a little bit yeah. more. It's like a but background info on set book. <laughs> like I just wish we would have heard a little bit more of this story or something to give it just a little bit more background before she gets sucked into a labyrinth and then i also read in the trivia that if you examine her room when she runs home like everything that happens in the labyrinth they're all which i read that before i watched the movie and i did you do see a lot of it (laughs) of course she made the whole thing up Uh uh-huh in her mind so the clock strikes seven she realizes she's late she runs home in the rain she's supposed to babysit her baby brother while her father and stepmother go out. Toby. Mm-hmm. Which means you think of a barber and his wife. And again, <laughs> and I wish we got a little beautiful. bit more I'm here. I meant to want a thing. About, I don't want you to do that thing. <laughs> I wish but we got a little bit Toby. more about, like, her mother's death or her, her relationship with her dad. <laughs> 
The playbill on her mirror mm-hmm. is her mother. She yeah. ran away to be an actress and left the family behind. Damn. Um, which. Okay. Oh. Sorry, um, that just, I just nobody asked for that. Which I when I, when they showed the playbill, no, she was dead. I thought that that she probably had passed away, but that her mother had been an actress. Mm-hmm. But apparently, with her in that playbill was David Bowie. Yeah, that's why he's the Goblin King because it looks like the man her mother ran away with. <laughs> which again, I could have got a little bit more of that. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting things happening here that are causing these delusions. I mean, not that I liked that movie, but I Killed Giants at least gave us a little bit more backstory to this girl's delusions. Ah, Imogen Poots. Mm-hmm. My hard woots for the poots. But there was backstory there. Things made a little bit more sense. That's the thing. I want to get t-shirts made. <laughs> so the parents Imogen leave. Poots fan club. Sarah realizes one of her stuffed animals is missing. They're going to think you love farts. I don't care. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, no. <laughs> Most people. It'll hurt. be our first thing. It'll be our first podcast merch. <laughs> Find it in our Teespring store. <laughs> and then we'll get Imogen to come on the podcast through Zoom or something. She'll you like, see on that list hey. of actors you can get to come to your birthday party no. via Zoom or whatever? Oh, 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 oh the, the cameo the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She probably is. That would be awesome. That would be fun. I'd pay the money for that. <laughs> Alright, so she realizes that her stuffed bear Lancelot is in her parents' room with Toby, and she hates this place, she hates Toby, she wants to be saved from it. And she starts to tell the crying Toby a story about an overworked young girl who was forced to watch the baby, but she has the power to call upon the goblin king, or the goblins, to take the child away. And if she says the right words, Toby will become a goblin. And we see that somewhere, goblins have awakened and are listening for her to say the right words. She doesn't say the right words. And then they're like, what an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And she gives up, puts Toby back in the crib, and as she goes to turn the light off, she says the right words. Which is really just... I wish the goblins would come and take you away or something. Right it's, now. You got to say right now. <laughs> and yeah. then the crying stops. Can you hand me my towel? I just spilled coffee all over my lap. Oh, no. The crying stops. She goes back in the room. Toby is gone. He's disappeared. But there are goblins. She doesn't see them, but they're like behind her. She turns. They're gone. She, and uh, the goblin king appears in the room. She asks him. An owl, and he breaks open the window and then transforms. Now, this owl, which we see during the credits, is the very first CGI animal in a movie, which is kind of cool. I didn't think it looked bad. No, it didn't. (laughs) But I also think it's kind of cool that the Goblin King can turn himself into a Hedwig. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was uh, Harry Potter's bird. My bird. No, Harry Potter's bird. My bird. No, Harry Potter's bird. My bird. Not your bird. My bird. Poots is not on Cameo, but there's four other Imogens on there. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Imogen Heap? Actresses, models, whatever. I have a ringtone that's Imogen Heap. She's a singer. Aaron really likes her. (laughs) Carly's sister. Okay. You're a little disappointed, aren't you? Yeah. He was thinking that would be the perfect birthday present for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey man, 
Boots! <laughs> You're very hard to shop for. That would be a great present, huh? I would say, look, my heart woods for the boots. She was like, all right, so we're going to go now. <laughs> all right, so the Goblin King is like, uh, no, you can't have the baby back, but you can have this crystal. I can give you your dreams. And she's like, no, I need the baby back. And he, uh, he's like, nope, Toby's in my castle, just there beyond the Goblin City. Um, if you want, you can try to get to him. You got 13 hours to get through the labyrinth to the castle, or he'll become a goblin. Forever. <laughs> and she's like, option B. <laughs> and he's like, good. okay, labyrinth. Yep. So she can't find the entrance to the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. She meets a goblin named Hoggle who has stopped his fairy spraying for a pee break. Welcome back to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Pee. <laughs> I found her on Instagram, it's I am boots. Okay. Uh-huh. I shit you not. So, <laughs> she's like, why are you spraying the fairies? And she picks one up and it bites her. And he's like, yeah, they're pets. What did you think they did? <laughs> and, and she's like, can you show me the door? And he helps her realize that she can get answers, but only if she asks the right question. And shows her the door, but then says he wouldn't go either way. Because she's like, which way should I go, left or right? And he's like, I wouldn't go either of them. And she's like, well, you're not helpful at all. And he says, well, you take too many things for granted. And she turned back. You'll never make it out, even if you get to the castle in time. She decides to run to the right. She runs for a bit, looking for a turn, but gives up eventually and sits down. Because there hasn't been a single turn in the whole Everything looks exactly the same. (laughs) There's a worm there. And eyeballs. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> eyeballs so, are watching her. <laughs> so there's like this moss that has berries on it. They're not berries. They're eyeballs. <laughs> some, of the, some of the things in here are cutesy and some of it is icky. Some of it's kind of horror-y. Yes. Like they really wanted to make a goblin horror movie. <laughs> I feel like it's too well lit for it to be really scary. But some of this stuff Disturbing. is really... Just a little bit, ooh, ooh. <laughs> which I'm guess if you were a 14 year old girl, it would be extra creepy. But I hate eyeballs. <laughs> it's true, and I knew that. It's a, a hard stance on eyeballs. I know least favorite tertiary object, eyeballs. She doesn't like when we do puzzles and things are staring at her. <laughs> when those dancing goblins later on, the one like takes out his eyeballs and then eats them and puts it. No, thank you. <laughs> Nope. The fireies. Yeah, whatever. So, the worm invites More him in. More on that later. Or invites her in for tea and tells her there's lots of openings. That she shouldn't take anything for granted in here. And there's an opening right there. Right across she's from like, that. First of all, she never questions how she's getting in this worm's house. The worm <laughs> is two inches tall. How is she getting in that crack? She and she's always like, I can't, I can't, I gotta get through this labyrinth, but there's nowhere to go. And he's like, You can go right there. And then she goes to go left, and he's like, Oh no, don't go that way, never go that way. So she goes the other way, and he says, Phew, if she'd have gone that way, she'd have gone straight for the castle. So she ends up going to the right because it's all an optical illusion, so there's openings all around. You just can't see them. Which, if she had done the thing that you do in a labyrinth, whereas you always you touch the wall to the right, you always go right. Eventually, you'll get to the end of the labyrinth, and that's how you beat a labyrinth. Or maze, yeah. <laughs> then she would have found an opening way before now. Oh. Or if she wouldn't have did what I told her not to do, 
she'd still be alive. This is you. Bam. 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 Okay. <laughs> so eventually, Sarah gets to a place where she can see the castle. She's getting closer. In the castle, the Goblin King sings the magic dance song. <laughs> what a load of waffle this song is. <laughs> there were parts we couldn't understand, and John's like, what are they, what is they saying? And I'm like, I don't know, we should turn on captions. And he's like, I'm not turning on captions. So there's just a bunch of stuff that we're like, I don't know. <laughs> I love the dance magic dance song. You do? I do. <laughs> Every weird. time Tony walked by, that's not my favorite he song. He was like, "You remind me of the babe." <laughs> <laughs> I like the one that he sings at the end when she's in the castle. Mm. So there's nine hours and twenty three minutes until Toby will be his. We started with thirteen hours. Mm-hmm. So Sarah's been marking her past with lipstick. And eventually she realizes that someone's been messing with her marks. <laughs> the goblins are flipping over the tiles, which or obviously... Them or yeah. it's, it's, it's fucked up. What does she expect? She's like, it's not fair. It's not fair. Well, duh. <laughs> She's 14 or 13. <laughs> but uh, there's a set of doors that has guys on the front. There's two guys on each door. One that's up on top and one that's down below. And uh, they show her that the labyrinth is also changing around her. So it's not just her markings that are changing, but you turn around and then turn around again, and it's different. It's like the stairs in Harry Potter. (laughs) And they tell her she has to go through one of the doors. One leads to the castle, and the other leads to certain death. She can only ask one of them, and one of them always lies, and one always tells the truth. So she asks one of them what the other one would tell her and then does the opposite. (laughs) She's like, I'm so smart, I figured it out. She goes through the door and then falls through the floor and is caught by helping hands. (laughs) Again. Another cool part. Again, I'm sexually assaulted by a bunch of hands. Tomato, tomato. She's like, catch her so she doesn't fall to her death. She's not... They're not sexually assaulted her, but it's I mean, just like... I was sexually assaulted. They could have let you die. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I feel like those hands would be in uncomfortable places. You grab her by the hoo-ha or you let her die. Those are your options. I'm, I'm not saying, I just was making a fun She's like, ow, you're holding me too tight. And they're like, all right, we can let go. And she's like, oh, no, don't do that. And then they're like, up or, do you want to go up or down? And she picks down. What? Yeah. I was like, no, up. I was like, oh, going down to what? Down? <laughs> she's in an elevator and it only goes down. Oh. There's a Chinese count backwards, not backwards, downwards. Hmm. So the Goblin King is watching and he is not thrilled because she should have given up by now. She's already made it as far as the Obliette. Yes, the dwarf is about to lead her back to the beginning and she'll give up then. So Hoggle is down in the Obliette and says, you're in an Obliette. And she's like, okay, that's fine. He's like, you don't know what an Obliette is. <laughs> it's where they drop prisoners so that they can forget about them. And apparently that's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you are reading a fantasy novel and they drop you in an Obliette, not only is it where they forget about you, but it magically makes you forget about stuff, uh, generally speaking. So if you get thrown from a treacher butt, into an oblivion. You wouldn't get thrown. You'd be fired. Launched. Mm-hmm. We'll go with launched. 
fired from a treacher butt <laughs> into an oubliette. It's a hell of a march. Then it would be like you ate the peach like, as you fell. Like, yeah. That's a hell of a shot. Even the coup would go, nice. <laughs> if you do it in high winds and louse. Eesh. So Hoggle's like, Nothing else good at, you know? Mm. Old treacher butt. I <laughs> can get you out of this oubliette and back out of the labyrinth. You can go home. Everything's cool. And she's like, no, I can't do that. I need to be out of this oubliette and to the castle. And he's like, eh. But she bribes him because he has a little pillow of gems. <laughs> he likes shiny things. And she has a bracelet that's plastic. But it looks like little gems. And he is excited about that. And he's like, all right, look, I'll take you as far as I can. And then you're on your own. Which really, he should have said, he should have said, I'll take you as far as I can. And that should have been back to the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody wants to end up in the bog of stench. No. Eternal stench. stench. But that stench is the movie, sorry. That's like when the dogs fart times a bajillion. (laughs) (laughs) And you smell it all the time. Bog of eternal dog fart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm, That's rough. Wow. Well, it did make fart sounds the whole time. It did. <laughs> which was funny. They go by some false alarms, which I love. <laughs> They're like these big faces on the walls. They're like, no, don't go that way. <laughs> and I love how the one is like, please just let me say it. I haven't got to say it in so long. <laughs> I was like, don't listen to them. There's more of them as you're going in the right direction. And... uh the Goblin King confronts Hoggle and threatens to send him to the Bog of Eternal Sedge. And he's like, oh, no, 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 sir. I was taking her back to the beginning. And she's like, what? <laughs> he notices he has a little bracelet, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he asks her how she's liking the little labyrinth. And she's like, oh, it's a piece of cake. He's like, oh, oh. you like that? You think it's a piece of cake? And he speeds up the time, so now she has less time to get there. And sets the cleaners on them, which is this thing that takes the whole tunnel, and it's metal, and it's like, I guess, cleaning. (laughs) It's like a big drill kind of a thing. You get hit by your screwed. Like a meat grinder. See what you did there. Nice. Very good. So, uh, they escape the cleaners, and Hoggle's happy because they found a ladder. She's kind of arrogant, that's why the the Goblin King's like, and go fuck yourself. Do that. Yeah. Well, anyone that would want to get rid of their kid, their brother or sister, because it's inconveniencing them to babysit, that's, that's, that's not a good person. Yeah. Is okay. it? I think all older siblings get tired of having to babysit. Get rid of your sister but... because you don't want to babysit her? Yeah, but she didn't think the Goblin King was really going to take her baby brother. And she doesn't appear to like her stepmother, and she resents the fact that there's a new baby in the house. So it seems very realistic that she would be like I don't like this kid at all it's not my responsibility I didn't have a baby and now I have to babysit it all the time it is interfering with my life first of all she's a teenager and teenagers are shitty (laughs) second of all just because you're related to someone doesn't mean you have to like them we all know that that's true but you don't have to wish them dead she didn't wish him dead she wished him gone (laughs) that's different he could be live a perfectly happy life as Toby, Toby the Goblin. Although Jareth <laughs> likes him so much, he's going to call him Jareth. <laughs> goblin King's favorite new goblin. And actually, Toby seems to like the goblins. He does. Doesn't cry hardly at all. Actually, apparently, in the trivia, it talked about how the baby was so not afraid of the goblins. He loved the goblins. <laughs> nice. 
It said in the trivia that they couldn't get the baby to stop crying in a couple of scenes, so they would have a goblin puppet just off screen and it would like entrance the baby. <laughs> you loved it. That's cool. <laughs> so she follows Hoggle up the ladder, um, but she doesn't know if it's safe to trust him because he just told the goblin king he was tricking her and taking her back to the beginning. And he's like, look, I was throwing him off. Also, you gotta trust me because what else are you gonna do? <laughs> And I'm a coward, and I'm terrified of the bog of eternal scent. And she's like, what even is that? And he tells her that it's a bog that stinks, and if you touch it, then you will stink forever. Which I'm pretty sure they touched it. We'll get there. <laughs> when they get to the top of the ladder, he says that's as far as he can take her. She's on her own. And she's like, no, 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 you didn't help me at all. And he's like, actually, I did. <laughs> She decides to steal his pillow of gems. What a shit. <laughs> and he can have it back when he's helped her more. They meet an old man who tells her that sometimes the way forward is the way back. And that sometimes it doesn't seem like we're getting anywhere when we are. And then he, the bird that's on his hat is like, okay, put a token in the thing when the man falls asleep. She gives it a ring. And Hoggle is like, you didn't have to give him anything. He didn't tell you anything. <laughs> But they move away, they move on, and Hoggle is frightened and runs away when they hear a growling beast. And he's like, look, I don't need your friendship. You can keep my gems. And he runs away. Sarah saves the beast. His name is Ludo. And uh, he doesn't know how to get to the castle. But he's happy to be her friend and go with her. <laughs> then they see two more doors. And there's knockers. One has the ring through the ears and one has the ring in the mouth and the one with it through the ears is deaf can't hear. and the one with it in his mouth can't talk. can't talk so she takes the ring from the one in the mouth and talks to him and uh then they you know there's two doors again they gotta pick one and then she's a complete shit to the one with the ring in his mouth well you gotta knock or you can't go in well she's a complete <laughs> shit what well, use the other door then <laughs> In the tree, it says what happens in the other door. Apparently, in the novel, she opens both doors. What happens in the other door? The other door is... It's like in Beauty and the Beast, where there's that happy-looking trail, and then there's the scary-looking trail. In the, That one is the happy-looking trail, and everything in there laughs incessantly, including the flowers and the plants. And it's like a trap, and you're stuck in there, and you can't get out. Oh, but like she the, gets the out doors. because Ludo like waits by the door ruins. and lets her back out. Not scary at all. Not scary at all. So she actually chose the right door, and they go through, but Ludo is scared, and then she's like, there's nothing to be afraid of, and then Ludo is gone. <laughs> he has disappeared, and she can't find him, but she does come across the Fireys, a group of guys who are ridiculous. love fire. <laughs> um, dirt, while this is happening... Hoggle, or she calls to Hoggle for help. Hoggle is going to go help her, and the Goblin King catches him. And he gives Hoggle a peach to give Sarah as a present. And then he's like, what, do you think she likes you? I tell you what, if she kisses you, I'll make you the king of the Bog of Eternal Stench. <laughs> so, I don't think that's a good thing. No. It's not. <laughs> so Sarah's surrounded by those guys. They're pulling their heads off. They're taking their own eyes out. They're having a great time. They're yeah. singing about fire. Um, they want her to participate, but they can't seem to get her head off. 
And uh, how about a face? So she, (laughs) so she pulls each of their heads off and throws them, and they're like, "Hey, you can't do that. You can only throw your own head." And so they start chasing her because now they get to throw her head. It's only fair. And so they have a point. Yeah, there's something. I don't understand these characters. There's something very weird about them dancing too. Like the way their legs look, it's just very upsetting to me. Yeah, like kind of bop around like they don't weigh anything. They're just I don't. I mean, they're puppets. They're puppets, yeah. But yes. there's something very disturbing about them. But they're not the same as any other puppets. Yeah, the rest of the puppets movie. seem to have weight and stuff. <laughs> but I guess because they had to have whatever part available to just pop off of them, then maybe they were. Not as yeah, and they're chasing her, trying to take her head off. Yeah, and then Hoggle throws down a rope. She gets to the top. She's like, "Oh, thank you, thank you." She hugs and kisses his cheek, and he's like, "No, don't kiss me, don't kiss me, don't kiss me." And you, when somebody says, "Don't kiss me," then you're not supposed to kiss them. That's a consent issue. <laughs> but this bitch, she still does. And then the '80s. Now they have <laughs> they are transported to the bog of eternal. Stretch. I mean, it be facts. They don't fall in. But they do end up falling on Ludo. How about them facts? Equifax. I tell you, Ludo is having a bad day. He was kidnapped by those dudes who were poking him with their bitey sticks. Those bitey (laughs) sticks, by the way, looked like naked mole rats. (laughs) But them be the facts. And then he met her. She saved him from that. They went through one door, and then he ended up in the bog of eternal stench. <laughs> I did. It smells bad. That's all you can say. It smells bad. And then they touched something. Oh. But her and Hoggle are on a ledge above the bog of eternal stench, and she has to pull Hoggle up. Yeah. And then they try to walk along the ledge, and the ledge gives way, and they fall on top of Ludo. Well, they fall, but Ludo somehow ends up sitting on Hoggle, which... Explain those physics to me, sir. I kind of, in my brain, the way uh-huh. I explain it yep. to myself, is Ludo was standing, and mm-hmm. she fell on top of him, and Hoggle fell on the ground, and she knocked Ludo down. Mm-hmm. This, you know, she's not light. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> All right, no. So they see a bridge. I'll allow it. And they're like, we got to get out of here. They see a bridge. They go to go over it, and they are immediately... Stopped by a guard named Didymus. Sir Didymus. Yes. He's a knight. <laughs> Epididymus. And he says, Skin. You, you cannot pass. It's and epidermis. Like, but it smells so bad. It's funnier when I say it like that. Yep, don't explain my jokes. You know, your joke wasn't funny and didn't make sense. It did. Tony got it. Well, Epididymus is <laughs> not your skin. So, <laughs> so he's like, look. <laughs> You can't cross. They're like, but it smells so bad. And he's like, it doesn't. I rely on my sense of smell, and it smells great in That's here. That's your pee hole. I don't know what you're talking about. That's not what a lady's pee hole is called. And then Ludo and he have a battle. <laughs> It'd be cool if they had a. This rap is a dumb battle. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. Battle. Hoggle sneaks like across the parents. bridge during the battle, which is what she should have done. Yes. <laughs> not that she wanted to leave Ludo, but at any point, all Ludo needed to do was throw Sir Didymus in the bog of eternal stench, <laughs> which Sir Didymus couldn't even smell. <laughs> Something wrong with that dog's nose. Because <laughs> Sir Didymus is the dog. So uh, at some point, Sir Didymus decides to end the fight. He's never been bested in battle before. He and Ludo are now brothers. 
but they still cannot cross the bridge because he has taken an oath. And they're like, what is the oath? That no one shall pass the bridge without my permission. And they're like, okay, can we pass the bridge? <laughs> May we have your permission to cross? And he says, you know what? Yes. <laughs> like, that was really easy. Yeah. And he calls for his mighty speed, steed, steed. Ambrosia. Ambrosius? <laughs> Which is like my number one memory from this movie is him going, Ambrosius! Ambrosius! <laughs> Ambrosius is, ado- is an adorable um, sheepdog. Mm-hmm. That is oh, the same so dog from earlier, Merlin. Yes. And apparently there's some story where Merlin's name is Merlin Ambrosius, so one in one mm-hmm. reality he's Merlin, in the other he's Ambrosius. <laughs> Right. So uh, so they make it across. The beginning part of the bridge is like brick. And then the second part of the bridge is <laughs> it's like rickety. Mm-hmm. And that breaks when uh, Sarah's on it. Looks like the, the stone bridge has crumbled at some point, And so they just put a board across. <laughs> and uh, so she's hanging from some branches above. And she's about to fall into the bog. And Ludo calls the rocks. And they make a stepping stone bridge for her. Apparently, rocks are Ludo's friends, and he can uh, well, call them. Well, she just works out for By, by like, singing. Oh! <laughs> Which is... In the, when Don't she, ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> when she rescues Ludo, in, when she The rock season, rolls up to him. The rock rolls, and you're like, where did that rock even come from? But he is moaning, and apparently he's calling the rocks. <laughs> so it was rock and roll? Yeah, but he calls enough rocks to make a bridge, and then they use this bridge to cross. However, this is my problem. So the rocks roll through the bog of eternal stench, Mm -hmm. and then they stand on these rocks, which are now wet with bog juice. (laughs) So they have to stink forever, right? Well, unless it's a prerequisite that it's a magic spell that they have to actually touch the bog, and not things that have touched the bog. Well, those rocks are stinky. Yeah. That's like the elevator lifting Yomir. The elevator's not worthy. I don't know. I'm going to miss these little chaps. So, uh, as they're leaving... Is that your phone vibrating? Hoggle goes to throw the peach. Well, bosses. Did I say something about the peach? Yes. Yes. The Goblin King gave gave Hoggle the peach. He goes to throw it in the bog, and the Goblin King is like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. (laughs) So then they're walking along... Sir Didymus in the lead. He seems to know exactly where he's going. He will get them to that castle. And uh, Ludo's right behind him. And then Hoggle and Sarah walking together. And they're all like, man, I'm kind of hungry. And then Hoggle's like, I have something. (laughs) And he gives her the peach. And she seems like the kind of person at this point who would would cut the peach in half. And give half to Ludo or Mm. Sir Didymus. But she just takes a bite like a selfish (laughs) Nope. Don't Sean Archer me. You can't reach me. You can't see me. So she takes one bite, immediately is like, something is wrong. That peach tastes weird, and I start to feel funny right now. And then she's like, Hoggle, what did you do? But, like, she instantly knows that Hoggle has given her a poisoned peach. But let's be real. We're in a magical labyrinth. You just instantly assume that this dude goes to you. You could have just this walked. Could just be their peaches. Yeah, you don't know what their this peaches taste like. Peaches, and you could have just walked through some magical fog. Like really? Oh man! Well, peaches were in a can. They were put there by a man. Well, Hoggle can't of stand it. Millions of peaches. Peaches and for he me. Runs away. Peaches for me. 
Sir Didymus and Ludo do he not realize that Sarah is not with them anymore for a while. <laughs> and then she seems to pass out and mm-hmm. into a masquerade party. Yes. Like you do. Now, the sure. choreographer of this masquerade party was Cheryl McFadden, who later uh, became an actress under the name Gates McFadden. Oh, that's right. You told and me And played that. Dr. Beverly, Beverly Crusher. Crusher. Yeah. <laughs> we funny. all know who that is, but I don't <laughs> He doesn't know. He doesn't care. New phone. Who dis? Mm. So, uh... She, she she's dancing. She's like moving through the crowd, and she sees she the Goblin King here and there. And eventually, stops. they start. It dancing. looks like she's trying to get. She's looking for someone, mm-hmm. and he keeps getting in her eye line, and it kind of looks like she's looking for him. And then they start dancing. This should be more romantic. <laughs> this should be more romantic, and he should be like singing to her because he is singing, but not. <laughs> but at some point, the clock strikes twelve. One hour left, and she's like, oh, shit. And she pushes yeah. her way through the crowd to a mirror wall, breaks it with a chair, with burst, busts her out, and then she falls into a junkyard. Mm-hmm. And I thought, she's she knows. But she, she wakes up, and she doesn't remember. I thought, this is where the trash heap lives. Because <laughs> I like Fraggle Rock. <laughs> the dozers. So she doesn't remember what she was looking for, but an old lady comes and gives her Lancelot, and she's like... This is what you're looking for, right? Now, go through here. And she lifts up the side of a tent, and it's Sarah's bedroom. And it has all of her stuff in it. And she's like, oh, thank God, it was just a dream. Uh, let me go and see if my dad made it home. And she goes to leave, and it's the junkyard. <laughs> and she's like, um, and the lady's like, no, you stay in here. And she starts piling Sarah's so possessions. The lady has her. a pile like of trash on her back. So she looks like she's carrying a backpack of trash or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she starts to do that to Sarah. And that made me think, is this woman one of the other girls that didn't make it out of the labyrinth and got trapped here in this dream and is now has all of her stuff stuck to her like trash? Nice. She's a booze hound. That's, That's what, And you could see when she goes into the, when she takes Sarah, she's like, Go, come in here and we'll find all your, you know, dreams. There's another one there, too, right outside, mm-hmm. which makes me wonder, is this what happens to all the girls? They get trapped here <laughs> in the trash heap. That's dark. <laughs> Someone so. tell me if this is half true in the novelization. <laughs> <laughs> you could read the novelization. But again, this would be a better... This, they could, there's something here. They... They could do more. You're right. They, they could do go lots deeper more into this. these stories. If yeah, they did it now, they want to make it like an entire universe. It would be a trilogy or uh, The Rock and Kevin Hart would be in it somehow. <laughs> the Rock and Kevin Hart. So she sees the Labyrinth book on her Nerd desk. I know. She opens it to the marked page she was rehearsing last and remembers that she has to save Toby. And she time. goes to try to escape and Ludo and Sir Didymus have found her and they help her escape. And then, turns out, they're right by the gate to the Goblin City. It's right there. <laughs> so Sir Didymus is like, let's do this. And he goes up to the guard. And she's and like, like shh, I will fight shh, you right now. And she's like, we want to go quietly. Let's sneak too late. to the city. You got Sir Didymus now. He ain't sneaking nowhere. He is loud and proud. <laughs> so uh, That was the birdcage. I know. <laughs> so the, he's like, fine, I'll try to be quiet for you. Ludo opens the door. They go in. And they think, all right, we made it. And they start to walk. And then a giant metal gate comes together in front of them. 
which puts together two halves of this giant metal-like construct guard who comes out of the gate and is going to attack them. He picks up an axe, spikes form behind them. It looks like the end for our band of heroes. But then Hoggle comes running up the wall, jumps on the construct's head, pulls the hat off, gets the dude who's running it, pulls him out, drops him on the ground, and then tries to run the guard suit. But he doesn't know how to drive it, so he ends up shortening it out. He has to jump for safety. But they have made it past this test. <laughs> so now they're excited, though. Hoggle's back. She forgives him for the peach. Uh, he's like, I ain't asking for your forgiveness. But she's like, I forgive you anyway. He's like, I told you I was a coward, and the king made me. And Sir Didymus is like, look, you're not a coward. Look what you just did. That was brave. And Ludo's like, Hoggle and Ludo are friends. Now they're ready. They're going to go save Toby. But then a goblin, I don't know if it's the one that was driving the suit or not, uh, <laughs> notifies the Goblin King that the girl who ate the peach is in Goblin City. And she's on her way with Sir Didymus, the monster, and the dwarf. And the Goblin King is like, uh, that's not what was supposed to happen. <laughs> he stopped watching. She ate the peach. Job done. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, sound the alarm. Everybody has to go. Uh, call the guard. So as the group approaches the castle steps, they are ambushed. Well, luckily, the goblins are not particularly well organized or trained. <laughs> they They're do have a lot of guns, though. <laughs> so Ambrosius runs, and a lot of the goblins chase after Ambrosius with Sir Didymus on him. Um, and Sir Didymus is like, you stop and turn around right now. And eventually he threatens to never feed Ambrosius again. And then Ambrosius turns around. And, uh, and the group has now started looking for Sir Didymus, who gets in a joust with one of the goblins. And then when he wins the joust, he promptly hits his head and falls off of Ambrosius, who runs into a house and locks the door. Mm. <laughs> The group ends up in a different house and surrounded, and Ludo calls the rocks. Sir Didymus gets surrounded by a bunch of knights, and he's like, so you want to surrender? <laughs> Put your weapons down. I'll see you're well treated. And they're like, no. And then the rocks come and quickly take those goblins out. And he's like, see, you should have just dropped your weapon. <laughs> so... A bunch of the goblins are like, we're going home. This isn't worth it. These rocks are knocking us down left and right. So they do get shot at, and they do have to fight a couple other guys. But the rocks really give them the advantage they need to get to the castle. Yeah, they do. Which is deserted. All the goblins have left, and the king is nowhere to be found. And Sarah's like, there's only one way out of this room. He had to have gone that way. They all go to go, and she's like, no, I need to face him alone. But if I need you, I'll call. And then she discovers that there's a labyrinth of stairs inside of the castle. A labyrinth inside the labyrinth. And that's it's like, like 14 labyrinths. The <laughs> MC Escher picture mm -hmm. with all the stairs. Yeah. And Toby is walking on the stairs, but not crawling in the same plane as she is. <laughs> and the Goblin King is there as well, and he's singing to her. Mm -hmm. He says, I've been nice, but I can be cruel. He says, I've been putting out fires <laughs> with gasoline. <laughs> That's not it. No. Uh, Lance gave me an unapproving look. So that was good. Come on, my little 
China girl. <laughs> that wasn't it either? No. I'm going to give up. Fine. Eventually, she jumps to reach Toby and slowly falls through the middle of a bunch of fragmented staircases. And now she faces the Goblin King. And this is where he tells her he's been generous. He's done everything for her. And he's exhausted from living up to her expectations. Isn't this when he says, if you just love me and obey me, I'll be your slave? Yeah. (laughs) Like, that doesn't work. (laughs) Like, I don't think that word means what you think it means. She begins the lines from the book. And she can't remember them. Yeah. Again. He offers her everything she's ever dreamed of. She keeps going. He says he'll give her everything if only she'll let him rule her. She can't remember that last line. So what he keeps mean? talking. And then she remembers. I will rule you. You have no power over me. And the clock strikes 13. And everything gets all weird. It's like, wait a minute. Like in the Wayne's World. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wayne's World. Yeah, when they do the different endings. <laughs> so then they do the Scooby-Doo ending. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Thelma and Louise ending. Now she's Let's in her foyer. keep going, Wayne. And the owl flies away. She runs upstairs to find Toby, who's asleep in his crib. She gives him Lancelot and goes to her room. Her dad and stepmom arrive home. And they say, Sarah, are you here? It's midnight. Where the fuck would she be? <laughs> also, why isn't she sleeping? <laughs> we wake yeah, up. you don't come in at midnight when you have a baby and, yeah. a, and a teenager and You're start around? yelling from the door. <laughs> yeah. You go up to her door and you knock quietly. Yeah. Are you awake? You see the lights on when you see the light coming out from the underneath the door, and you <laughs> knock on it, and you say, Sarah, are you up? And yeah. she says, yes. And then you say, good night. I love you, honey. Thanks for babysitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So her dad and stepmom arrive home. We already said that. She sees Ludo in the mirror's reflection, and he and Sir Didymus and Hoggle remind her to call if she needs them. She says she does. For some reason, she needs them. And then they're there, and they have a party. And we have a goblin dance party. <laughs> like you do. Because it's not just them. It's goblin. There's oh, yeah. more goblins. There's a fiery it, there, and it, I was like, why would he be there? <laughs> watch out for that guy. He still wants to rise. <laughs> Mom and dad's on this goblin party? The end. So that's that's the movie. All right, what'd you think, Elaine? <laughs> it's your birthday. It's, this could be a movie that she loves or hates. It has all the elements. <laughs> well, my favorite character is... Hard to predict. <laughs> my favorite character is Sir Didymus. He's the best. Abby? No. Mm-hmm. Didymus. He is the best. He's very funny, and he's very cute and adorable. Uh, my least favorite character is nothing. <laughs> I don't No, dis- no, the nothing was a never-ending story, dear. I don't dislike any of the characters. I mean, the main there aren't very many characters, and none That's of true. them are bad. And, like, the things that, like, like I can't pick... The creepy, bitey stick things. <laughs> or the creepy-ass eyes. Those aren't even characters. Or the, <laughs> the creepy-ass door knockers. Or the helping hands. Yeah. That like, are inappropriately touching people. <laughs> but they're not, saving them. But they are helping. But they're not characters. <laughs> With false so, alarms. So I don't yeah. have a least favorite character. Because uh, I don't think alarms. any of them Fuck are time. bad enough to be a least favorite character. Um, my favorite scene is... The end when she goes into the MC Escher paint the stair painting and she's searching for Toby and the Goblin King is um, singing to her. I like that part. It's cool. Uh, my favorite line is when she says she says to the Goblin King, that's not fair. And he says, you say that so often. I wonder what your basis for comparison is. 
And my favorite tertiary object is hoggle peen in the fountain. Hoggle peen? <laughs> yes. Elaine loves peen. Friend, I thought it was funny. Go back and listen to episode one. Welcome back to the podcast. Peen. And episode <laughs> two. <laughs> or four. There's a few of them. There's no, more I, than one episode where peen is in five. episode two. Was that not? Um, in episode, in, in my first movie, Life is a House, he pees off the yeah, side of the cliff. In my first episode, nobody peed. <laughs> they had well, those poor guys, they didn't. That's why they ever used to they didn't need to release. <laughs> so much pee. Um, I'm going to give this movie a maybe. Wow. <laughs> I have no childhood attachment to it, so I'm not like, oh, David Bowie. Um, <laughs> Look at his size of his long. His I, I don't think his David Bowie was that impressive Look at that either. Um, <laughs> but it is interesting, and I do think the puppeteering is good, and it visually it's an interesting movie to look at. So I'm going to say if you do have a childhood attachment, maybe watch it. If you're just kind of interested what all the hullabaloo is, maybe give it a watch. If you think, I don't care about puppets or stupid girls, then skip it. So I'm going to give it a maybe. All right, John, what do you think? Well, hold on. My he had least, lots of thoughts. I do not. My least favorite character is Sarah. Mm-hmm. My favorite character is Jareth. Mm-hmm. My... Favorite line. Damn it, I had it a second ago. Damn it, the fucking internet. <laughs> oh, here we go. Is. You remind me of Babe. What Babe? The Babe of Power. What Power? The Power of Voodoo. Who do? You do? Do what? Do what? Remind me of the Babe. Saw my Babe. From the Magic Baby song? It was from... It's Dance Magic Dance. Mm-hmm. It's actually not a bad song. I love that song. <laughs> you would sing that all the time none of the, none of the songs are bad. My favorite scene is the head for being thrown around. The fireys. Mm-hmm. The fireys. The fireys. I dislike it's disturbing. that <laughs> And my favorite tertiary object is the false alarms. Because mm-hmm. they're pretty funny. <laughs> Even though Tony seems to not like them. Because they're false alarms. They're trying to fuck you over. <laughs> but it it's funny. a labyrinth. Don't go that way. <laughs> I, know. I know. But the worms aren't fucking you over, are they? And the worm said, don't go that way. She would have gone straight for the castle if she had gone that way. That's not his fault. And I will nay this movie because I didn't like it when I was a kid. I still don't like this movie. There's nothing here for you. Joanne and Peggy made me watch this movie, and I didn't like it. And I still don't like it. Okay. They were prepping you for the podcast, apparently. And I don't talk to either one of them anymore. And this is why? And this is maybe why. <laughs> we'll blame this. He holds a grudge. Yeah, he does. You made me watch <laughs> Labyrinth, you mother. Uh-oh, Carly's on the list. Uh-oh. I've been on the list. list for years. <laughs> You're lucky that your wedding is already passed, you, or I'd have been not there. You go yeah, off. I'm coming. I I and off, and all about and that. off. All right. Um, my favorite character is Gareth. Gareth? Jareth, with Jareth. a J. Sorry. Did I call him My least favorite character no. is Sarah, because she's mm-hmm. very annoying, which is hard, because I've always had a crush on Jennifer Connelly. After this. <laughs> well, I was always younger than her. It's okay. <laughs> My favorite line is, I forget exactly what he's saying, but he says, he keeps talking to his little minions and stuff, and he goes, da-da-da-da-da. And they'll just look at him and he goes, well, laugh. And they all laugh. Because he'll, he'll make like a joke and, and he'll start laugh. to laugh. And they don't laugh. And he goes, well, laugh. Yeah, that's my favorite. My favorite scene is Dance Magic Dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my favorite tertiary object are the crystal ball 
juggling thing. And I'll maybe it. Oh. There's not there's not a lot of story here, so there's not a lot. I but I do I like it. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I like it, but it's not like I'm gonna throw it on and go, oh man, that's much louder. So if it's on, you're gonna. It's just the song, <laughs> really, at this point, you know. He just wants to have I dance, magic say, dance. Tony did not watch it. <laughs> I've seen it a million times. It's mine. Wow. So. so. <laughs> Interesting. When was the last time you watched it all the way through? Uh, probably within the last six, seven years. <laughs> Interesting. I was like. Mm. Now, did see, I didn't need to watch the birdcage, but yeah. I always watch it, even when I don't need to watch the movie. Mm. Because sometimes my opinion well, will change, like with High Fidelity. I didn't need to watch that either, but then I didn't. I realized, you know what? I don't like this movie as much mm-hmm. as I used to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, my favorite character, also Sir Didymus. He's the best. He Top is up. what I remember about this movie, is mm-hmm. Sir Didymus and Ambrosius. <laughs> yeah. um, my ball. least favorite character were the Fireys. Yes, well, they're creepy. And I think one of the reasons I don't like them very much is they don't really fit in the movie. They don't realize that everyone can't pull their heads off and throw them down the road and live. They have creepy they chicken legs. They don't fit in with any, like even the worm fits in with the story. Yeah, you know, like, like they different. fit in with every like everything else kind of fits. Yeah. And these guys, like, where did this come from? It's weird. It's a weird sequence. <laughs> um, my favorite scene is the bog of eternal stench when we meet Sir Didymus. Mm. Favorite character? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I like how Ludo can call the rocks. My favorite line is the same as Elaine's. That's not fair. You say that so often. I wonder what your basis for comparison is. And my favorite tertiary object was the worm. <laughs> and I'll give it a yay. I enjoy it. Well, there you go. <laughs> you got one. Yeah. Well, hey, Carly. All right. So please find us on facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast. Or you can email on moviepodcast at gmail.com. And tune in next week. On the podcast. For Lane's pick. For Lane's birthday. So this year for my birthday pick, I'm going to pick a independent film. Oh, God. Wow. You know what it is. We talked about this the other day. I'm going to pick Chef from 2014. Ooh, I've been wanting to watch that, but it doesn't qualify, so I didn't. (laughs) Starring... John Favreau. John Favreau, John Favreau okay. and John Leguizamo. Okay. And your favorite tertiary object is going to be Robert, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Might be New Orleans. I know what mine is. I'm not going to say. You probably know what it is. I know. It's going to be the same one as me. Well, We're going to have to fight over it, but I'm going to get to go first because it's my birthday, so you can't steal my birthday. Damn. <laughs> yep, wow. Your secondary tertiary object. This episode is still not an hour. <laughs> It's very fast. This is, this this is a fast a, movie. We like, didn't interrupt you I was doing my notes. It's the fastest movie I've ever done notes for. There's not a lot of... Yeah, they don't vamp at all. Going like, things on. just... It's really it just moves. The next scene, no, the next and now they're really, here. Now they're there. Now they're up. They're there. Well, it's because there's no conflict. She gets to... Oh, my God. There's there's no stairs. Stairs. Oh, my God. We can't get here. You can get here now. I'm there's, there's, They caught me. Yeah. Or, like, there's, the, there's no challenges with the, to it. With the doors where the one always lies and the one always tells the truth. It should take her longer to figure that out. And she yeah. doesn't even... Ex- and she should have to explain her reasoning a little bit better, but she doesn't. She just was like, oh, no, I get it. It's this door. But, like... <laughs> she's a Mary Sue. That's the problem. <laughs> she's not a Mary she's a Sarah, Sue. Sarah Sue. Sarah Sue. No, <laughs> she's super dumb a lot of the time. <laughs> super dumb. 
What does that say? Chef yeah. 2014. One hour and 54 minutes. Oh, all right then. Well, we're going to stop something? this right at exactly... 36 seconds. No, because that's we have like 20 seconds now. Yeah, until we get to an hour. Until we get to one hour. I can't have it less than an hour. Also, David Bowie's wig. No, that was his hair. That is not a wig. No, but it was the 80s. He stole that wig from Jem, from Jem and the Hologram. It does look like Jem from Jem and the Hologram. I mean, seriously. I 